What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. We are talking about the erosion of the arbitrage trade overnight, the relationship between the SPY and the individual stocks within it and how that trade isn't quite, the relationship isn't moving quite as in sync as it usually does. We also have a couple of earnings on our radar, CyberArk after the close yesterday, uh, Smile Direct Club and Cisco after the close today on our radar. Also Jerome Powell set to speak at 9 a.m. Eastern time. That could shake things up later in the day. Our guest is Fari Hamzi. He would join the show at 8.15. Give us his thoughts on the markets. So I'll throw it to Joel now. Joel, give us your thoughts on the markets in the overnight session uh well that friday or that sell-off from the close i uh, continued to 28 25 and a quarter i uh, was kind of hoping for uh 28 23 but didn't get that low turned around overnight by the dippers again out in full force here we've got up to 76 75 uh, not much there we did have a bunch of daily lows at 95 so if we can take out that pre-market high perhaps a 2895 could be a potential stopping point crude quiet today only a buck range down a nickel at 2628 uh gold back over 1700 up 670 at 171350 silver going the same way up 5.6 cents at 15.765 Bitcoin back above 9,000. The futures are up $235 at 9,105. Dennis, were you one of the buy the dippers last night? I wish I was. I should have been, but no. <laughs> I mean, it's Groundhog Day around here. It's the same thing. We rip higher every single night. I mean, we've been seeing this for now six, seven trading sessions, it seems like that we just rip them overnight and they sell them off during the day and they rip them again overnight and they sell them off during the day. Somebody wants the market higher. I mean, it's too many days now that it, it feels like shenanigans overnight. So here we are again and we rip higher again overnight. Yes, the overseas markets were stronger. Maybe that's a catalyst. Maybe it's just coincidental. Maybe it's selective perception on my part, but it seems like, you know, that is the pattern. So I guess that's what you do is you buy them overnight, you hold them overnight and then you sell them 
early morning and you watch it leak all day. And in the case of yesterday, basically, you know, <laughs> fall significantly Sick. in the last hour, fall off a cliff in the last hour. So it felt like a turn yesterday. It really did. They come in and they buy the dip again because that's just what this market does. They just buy the dip. Um, but uh, I sold a lot of stocks out of my long-term portfolio yesterday morning. And why did I do that? It just felt like the only reason we're holding up is these tech stocks. And if they start to turn around, the market is going to get hit hard. And that's exactly what we saw in the afternoon. That's what so happened. I'll give you a list of all the stocks that I sold yesterday morning. I went on my selling spree. And we know. You can't keep sitting, selling. You're not I, I know. I'm going to have nothing left. I'm eventually going to have nothing left. But my logic just says I don't want to own a lot of stocks. Not, not, not in the situation we're in. So I sold my target. Why did I sell my target? I sold, and, you know, and, a, and a lot of these I sold at the highs yesterday because I sold them at 10 o'clock in the morning. I got out at target, I think, 121.90 or something. Nice. I did get up over 122. Sold that. Why did I sell my target? Well, look at the run it's had. I mean, this is TGT. I bought it. We know in the earnings dip at yep. $100.50 that day. I took zero heat on it. I actually believe I bought it in the pre-market below the, that low. And you're coming into a major resistance point at 125. You're getting close to the all-time highs. You know, all-time highs are 130. You're not that far off. So it's had a hell of a run. Time to book profits in that. I sold my Mark, M-A-R-K, which is a penny stock. It had a wicked reversal candle yesterday. Getting a little lift here this morning, but I think the easy money's been made in that one. I'm out of that. I sold half of my Upwork only. I didn't sell it all. I sold half of it. It was a big pop. I sold my Sarepta. SRPT. I got out at 139. It's 132 on the close. So like I said, I got out a lot of the stuff before, um, you know, before the three o'clock sell off because I was selling early in the day. Just again, same story. Sarepta's had a hell of a run. Time to lock in some profits. I sold my Twitter, which I feel like is failing at 30. So I got out of that one too. I sold a chunk of my Enbridge, which is a Canadian company. And then I sold a couple of preferred stocks as well. I have like literally almost no preferred stocks left because I don't see why I want to own a 5% preferred stock in an environment where I'm taking on a lot more risk than that. So we saw, you know, what the PFF did back in March. It's come back on, you know, a majority of those losses. The yield on the PFF is now 4.79%. I have, I have no interest in loaning stocks to companies of 4.79% because you want to know what the PFF has in it? A pile of bank preferreds. I, I went through, I, I see what the banks are doing here. WFC making new lows. If market goes up, WFC goes down. Market goes down, WFC goes down. The thing goes down every day. Eventually, the banks are going to have an effect on the market here. Unless the banks can turn it around and, you know, we, we've got major issues, at least coming for a lot of companies. Tech rich cash are still the stocks that I want to hold. Like I said, I'm still holding a lot of my Google and my Apple and my Microsoft. The companies, you know, those are core holdings in my portfolio. But anything that I had on for a long swing trade, I pretty much dumped yesterday. Um, I think that, well, I did see this later in the day and a lot of people are like, what's going to crack the market? What's going to crack the market? And the the big boys did go red yesterday. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. So that kind of And you saw things. what happened in the market when that happened. Yes. So you yes. can see how much the, the market needs those stocks. It's the only reason that the S&P has been holding up. You think about how many sectors are significantly down from their highs. And you think about the big dogs. The big dogs are the only thing that's been holding up the market. So if we lose those, the market gets really ugly again. 
I think we're going to lose those eventually. Why do you want to own Apple near all-time highs now? You know, why do you want to own Google? And you're paying valuations. And, I, and I, I, like, I mean, okay, I do own these stocks, but why are you coming in and buying them now? What's to drive these stocks, the main ones, through it? Maybe the Fed, maybe we're just going to continue to manipulate stocks higher because that's what the Fed and that's what, you know, the market does. But when you look at this market, you think, I think, there are still so many underlying issues. I truly believe that COVID is not going away. I think the reopening is going to be a disaster. And that is why I am positioned in mostly cash, my long-term portfolio. I've been trading from the long side because that's been working, but I felt like it turned yesterday. And the people who are buying the rally, I think we could rally a little bit more because the stocks are really ripping higher. I mean, yes, SPY is up 0.24%. Most stocks are up way more than that. So I think you get a little bit more lift here maybe this morning in the SPY or the stocks come back down. Or maybe you sell the stocks, Dennis. Well, yeah, I, that mean, too. I know you got to look at it in both ways. I know. Well, that's you... all I do, Joel. I do the earth, so <laughs> I know that. What I'm saying is there's so many stocks to hit. Sometimes you can lean. And, and as an herb trader, you know, doing the herb, I mean, sometimes you can just look and say, the, the, the bloody whack. thing's mispriced this morning. I have so many stocks to hit that I don't even need to hit them because I have so many outs that I can just, you know, naked buy spy and, and lift up on it. But that's talking a short-term day trade for the open. That's not talking the overall, what, what I'm talking about here. You know, I have my investor hat on, now I put my arbitrage hat on, completely different hats. So we're a little bit too low on the spy this morning comparatively to Correct. where the stocks are. But you know, what, you're right. Like this stock bounce here, I think is to be sold. If you're looking at, you know, your target this morning, I had a message from my buddy Kent, what are you doing with it? I mean, I'd be, I, I sold it yesterday, it, it, it had a really weak close. Now you're getting, you know, the things trading up a buck and a half. It was at least, you know, 20 minutes ago. I, I mean, you're getting half of the day's losses back in, in the pre-market. I'd, I'd hit the sell button. So, you know, and yes, you know, Target isn't one that's going to get slammed because we know people are still going to be, you know, shopping for groceries and doing stuff. But don't kid yourself. There's a lot of people hiding out in these COVID names and that trade could come off too. So, hey Dennis, real quick, um, you know, I know you've explained this a lot, but we get new listeners coming in, in occasionally. And uh, Jerry's asking Arb Trader. So I, I know you could talk about this for a long time, but you do have a unique style with that. Could you just give them the 30-second uh, the version? Well, the way the high-frequency traders do it, I mean, you've got the S SPY and you got the 500 stocks that are making it up. If you're trading in the pre-market or after hours, 400 of those don't have much of a market. But because the top 20 or 30 are the bulk of the index anyways, you can kind of get a feel for where the SPY is going. That's how high-frequency traders price out such a tight market for you. Because they know if you've got the Apple and you've got the top 10 or 15 components, you've got a pretty good 95% correlation with the index, which is good enough. So you look at that. But I look this morning and I see a, a, a disconnect. So when I'm looking at it, I see Apple up. So SPY is up 0.22%. And, and obviously, if you look into E-mini, you're going to see it up more. But remember that the stocks yeah. close at 4, SPY closes at 4. So you know that arbitrage works. You have to do an adjustment to the E-mini because the E-mini doesn't close till 4.15. So that's the difference in the pricing. So when you're just looking SPY, Apple, you're comparing apples to apples. So SPY up 0.22%, Apple's up 0.62%. Go through the top 10 components. Give them to me right now. I, I was just, I was, I have my calculator out, Dennis. Hold on. Let me, let me. Uh, Here, I, I, I can read them off for you if you like. Yeah, yeah read me the top right. 10 components. So I'll right. just go through them. Microsoft, you know, Microsoft yeah. Apple. Microsoft's number one now, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 0.57% it's up. So it's up 
two and a half times what the market is right now from the 0.23%. I mean, it's not significant, but it's significant enough. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. 0.59%, All right. way up more than SPY. Okay. Next. Apple? Apple. Up 0.66%, way up more than SPY, 0.25%. Amazon? Amazon, trading up 0.98%, <laughs> way up more than SPY, 0.25% on SPY. Facebook? Yeah. Facebook. 0.53%, up twice as much as SPY. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, and uh, we can finish it off, but it goes Johnson & Johnson, Berkshire Hathaway, and Visa. I include, I use the Googles. Johnson give... Johnson's the only one that's trading down, uh, and it's not, it's still trading green, but it's only up 0.18%. Berkshire's yep. up, yep. Visa is up 0.74. All these stocks, which make up 20% of the index, the top 25.29, Dennis. 25.29, all nine out of the 10, are trading higher when the SPY is right now. So it's out. It's out a little bit. Unless you think every smaller component, which can happen. So, you know, if those stocks are all going to trade out, it means all the smaller crap is going to open down. And that's probably why your IWM is a little bit weaker, 0.12, because it's pricing out that some of the smaller stuff in the S&P is probably going to open red to make up for the difference. At, at 9.30, when all the stocks are open, it has to add up, or 9.31, because sometimes the New York stocks take a minute or so, at least in, in it, to open. It all has to add up. So 931, it all adds up perfectly because they have all the stocks open, you have a market, you can figure. But when you're doing the ARB pre-market after hours, there's a little bit of guesswork in there. Because like I said, you know, you go to a smaller component, give me the smallest component in the S&P, just for a fun exercise here. We're teaching something. Uh, the give me a couple of small ones. Um, let me move down. Go to the here. bottom of the list. 498, 499, How about 500. Cody? Cody or Under Armour or The Gap? So Under Armour, is, it's got a – and it's up 1.43%. So this is just even more. And Gap's up 1.78%. I have no idea what the hell is SPY is doing. SPY is too low right now. It, it, and I, in my honest opinion, SPY is too low. So one of two things is going to happen. SPY is going to come up or some of these stocks are going to come back in by 930. So there's an arbitrage opportunity, a little bit of an ARB opportunity here. Again, you know, there's could be some middle components that are trading red. But when I look at my overall screen, I don't see a hell of a lot red today. I mean, I, and other traders, you know, with me probably aren't going to see it. I see Abbott Labs trading down. That's one stock. I see a food stock, GIS, just ticked red, but it's bid green, so that one doesn't count. And then General Dynamics just ticked red, but it was 100 shares, so that's not meaning much. And most of the stocks are green. So it looks to me like there is something out this morning. That's the arbitrage talk. And 99% of you people don't have to worry about stuff like that. But if you're day traders, it's a good idea to know that, hey, some of these stocks are a little too high this morning. If I want to maybe sell a stock, maybe I should do it in the pre-market and not wait till it comes down at the open. So because at the open, like I said, one of two things is going to happen. The spy is going to go up or the stocks are going to come down. So it gives you an opportunity as an individual trader, if you understand a little bit of these relationships, to maybe get out of your stock at a better price. That's what we try to teach you on the show. We're trying to teach you little edges little that edge. the pros are using. And this is just how the pros are trading it. So as of right now, SPY is simply not up enough. But that can change. It doesn't have to mean the net SPY is necessarily going to go up like you were saying, Joel. The stocks could come down. But some of these individual stocks are way too high this morning. You know, Pepsi's trading up two bucks. I don't know if there's news on that or whatever. It just ticked. Okay, so it's not really up $2. And, you know, you look at some of these things. But look at, like, the IBB or look at the XBI. You know, like these stocks, well, and they are, they're starting to come in already. So it's already, it's like 8 o'clock and the algos are waking up. <laughs> XBI was 104. Now it's 103. It just came down a buck. So they're waking up and saying, hey, what the hell's going on? I'll hit some XBI up 2% when the market's up 0.28%. I'd hit it too. I was trying to hit it. 
So all right, yeah, well, that's what you got to look at is those different opportunities. Uh, Dennis, our guest agrees with you, and I'll bring him on right now, Fari Hamzi. He is the founder of Hamzi Analytics, joins us down from uh, Cape Naples, down in Florida. Let me unmute him and bring him on here. Fari, good morning. Morning. I don't – okay, you got me there. Do you see, see my MAGA hat? Oh, I, we, we don't see it yet. Hold on. I'm trying to get your video up here. There There's, we go. Look at the color. It's green. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's not red. <laughs> I'm a legacy Republican. We're gonna get rid of Trumpkins. I signed for a call. It's a uh, what do you call it? Courtesy flush. So we come clean now. We're gonna go. We're gonna bring the US back. We're not keeping it good. This is not good down here. We're gonna go back up, but not their way. We're done with them. Go ahead. Next first question. Let's first go. question is Fari. We've had a wicked rally in the market. It felt like it turned yesterday to me. I was locking in gains, and I'm using this morning's rally to lock in some gains on some stocks as well. Did it feel like it turned to you yesterday? I, I know I'm just biased your opinion, but I know you're. You, you, I can't bias Fari. Fari's got his opinion. They're never going to change his opinion. What, what are your thoughts from Whoa. yesterday's? These, they're based on. Off? They're based on his indicators, though. Go ahead, Fari. And. Uh, I, I, what are we looking at here, though? I appreciate Joel always giving me a little indication yesterday. I should talk about also what my call before about uh, 14.8, which is a 50%. Fari, you, you just moved away from your mic, maybe. I just don't hear you as well as I just did. No, it's the same as camera. It's a HD Microsoft. Wait, Fari, what are we looking at right now? Okay, this is a D-Trender. This is a D-Trender. What D-Trender does, it's what money managers look at. Hold on. Let me kill this. Okay. What it does is that it looks at what the price is versus 50-day and 200-day of three key indices. It's hard to do it for stocks. The noise is too much. But this is the law of averages. It smooths things out. But look what we have done. We've been inside the 200-day and 50 on SPX. We've been below transportation. We're about to go down if it doesn't hold here on the loss. These are the two really foretell what's happening with the larger indices. SPX and NDX. And yet, everyone is on fire on a tech train here. Okay, we're almost here to get back up. This is all time high at 97.36. Uh, we closed at 91.12 yesterday. Now, so very strong showing there. What we, this is the SMP, obviously. Uh, okay, I will take a look here quickly. Give me a sec. Uh, I gotta put that one back up. Come on. Something wrong. Oh, there we go. That's it. Let me make sure the uh, all-time high is activated. It wasn't. Sorry, my bad. There you go. Yeah, there we go. That's your all-time high. 33.93. We had a very hard time to get through 3,000. So we've been waiting for this rotation. And we've had a hard time this week. That, 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 that I'm saying. The several days preceding yesterday. Uh, but if you look at put call, there was a series I posted. Put call ratios, uh, equity put call ratio. Uh, if you look at the fact we can get 33, uh, uh, 3,000, uh, 1, 3,000, let's say flat, 3,000, 200 day. Uh, also, uh, this edge here was exactly 50%, this position, was exactly 50% retracement from that high. Uh, this is the first leg. Listen, markets are, let, let me say this for the uh, both experience and the newbies. I've been at this since, uh, in this mode, uh, March of 93. Okay. Uh, after futures, yeah, pretty much constantly. 93. I had a very hard time first three years, no question about it. Negative, 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 negative. I was paying my tuition. But I had a lot of income coming in. I was relaxed. This is Beverly Hills. 
You tell me what you got to do. Biggest problem was I was in the wrong time zone. I've done a lot better in Chicago and now in Florida. Uh, when you have 50% retracement and you pull back up, there's going to be some retest failures. Uh, I don't see things getting better. We haven't. We're mumbling and jumbling, going through problems constantly. You see what Boeing CEO said yesterday? Largest uh, high-tech exporter for this country. He says, six years from here. Everybody jaw dropped. He said, as a new guy. It's not the, the guy who was a buddy. Well, he said we were going to lose a major carrier, too. They asked yeah, him a question. Exactly. He said, are you going to lose a major carrier? And he said, probably. Yeah, probably. So yeah, that's he's basically be saying one of his major customers could go bankrupt. <laughs> that's a pretty bold statement. Exactly. And remember, for them, it says four years to get back to where we were in 2019. And after that, he was another two years going to grow up more. When somebody like that talking, you realize what that drives. Metal works, electronics, uh, uh, you know, design stuff. I mean, Boeing is a major, major company. Look at, we bought them at the 99. It rushed to 180 in about, I don't know, four days, five days. There was a spread, call spread. We got out. We had to. You have to. You know, it was a, I think we got out to three or four hours before the top hit. It was just so massive. And that was a reaction again. That was this reaction. And look where they are now. So if you superimpose Boeing on this, you get the picture. Boeing is like down here now, in a relative sense. We, we probably going to rotate here. The numbers are going to tell me that this is going to be too strong. I mean, the data from COVID stuff. And we're really reopening at the wrong time. Absolutely wrong time. I'm devastated. I'm worried because we got people who are looking for politics ahead of medicine. I have no training in medicine, I got to say that. But I can read data. Okay? My background is DSP, digital signal process, before I switch to financial engineering. That's a, that's a you know, core section of W. And you give me a data, I tell you how to trade it. I don't care what asset it is. I know how to smooth it. I have different tools that will go there and smooth it for me and tell me what issues are going on. So yesterday, all this happened in the last hour. Okay? And we started actually positive in the morning. All right, wait, Safari. So, so what's your action here going forward? We, we've been short. We, 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 we emphasize our short last night to our members. Uh, we have a very loyal group there, 400 members there on this one package. Let me show you what we have done. And here's our reason. Here, here's what was of last night, what we have done. Okay. You, you, this is SMPs. This is us. And this here, is I, 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 I'm not seeing your screen. I, I, I turned your screen off, so I'm not seeing it. So, but Put it back, that... back up. Sailor, it's simple. Just follow, follow the instructions around here. That's all. Uh, right. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So wait. So far. So you're you're heavily short right now. In what way? Like, like how are you short? Uh, we uh, we play with for this package. We trade only uh, S five. So it's a spy full spread. Yeah. This morning we're going to put a fresh one in because we already had coming in. So what we had on now we're going to put new ones in. And usually our on the average is about we give a signal on the average last. Now, this is five years. This is five years, okay? Last five years, we get an average of about maybe three weeks. So we, we try to, if we replace it, we get three weeks forward. Now, I look at some OI openings there. Uh, so most likely, this is we're on the 13th. We're going to go into uh, June 5th or June 12th, uh, put spread on a spy, on a spice. That's what we do. And we, we you know, we got we to have some sort of normalcy there. We cannot jump in and out. But in the past, this is how we clock this, by the way. Can they see my chart right now? Oh, you have to share your screen. 
Oh, I have. Oh, yeah. Sorry. How do I do that? The same way. You, <laughs> the same way you did it before. Why are you killing me? One sec. <laughs> I don't see the share here. There's no control here. Yeah, right, right in the middle of your. You were uh, just sharing it. Yeah, you were. You shared it before, so right in the middle of your. Okay, so, uh, oh, okay. Here, ah, oh, sorry, my bad. Okay, so I go back here and put this on. Oh, I'm saying this one. Okay, you see it now? Yes. Okay. Okay. Notice this was about uh, 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 February. Okay, I was early. I took a little dip there. I was early, and why I did? I why I took that position? Because yeah. That's a long story. To Goldman and CDC, I figured out we were short. Uh, we didn't have enough, but two words they said. Uh, 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 chemical reagents. And then I just, I have a bunch of biotech guys who trade with me. I, I give them proprietary indicators and so forth. You know, we were basically, a, we're, you know, institutional shop. We had some active trades. The answer was very, if that's the issue, you, you, you got to come in. You got to come in. You got to get short. So market was ahead of me. I was, I mean, sorry, I was in the market, market disagreed. About a week, I, I, I got, I, I ate blank. Okay, it's just everything went wrong. And right. then it turned. Well, it's not what I've done, look what I did. Now, this wasn't a straight line. It wasn't on one trade. A couple of times we had to shift back. A couple of days we were flat. One time we went long, because as you see these moves, you, know, you get 2,700 point move in the market. Uh, you, you got to recalibrate. So, you, you gotta be practical, and so that's how that was put in. Of course, you guys are there. So, so wait. So, just this entire time, you've been playing just by short and spy. That's it. Well, no, hold on. You, can I have that chart back, please? You don't need my picture. You need the I, I want to see your face. <laughs> I want to see your face. <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong with your face? Spencer, you want to come back again or no? I'm trying to convey a message and teach somebody something. Come on. Yep. All right. We love you, Fari. Fari, let's say, let's say you just are an average investor, right? And you rode the way up and you rode the way down, okay? And you're looking at, you know, at 2,900 here, you got a, a long-term investment horizon. Uh, I, I mean, I can tell what you're saying here. Remember, you know, we switched there. We must have. I was going to have done this. We must have. So we went down. Until we got oversold, and we've been long. Recently, we just went short. Take a look what was happening. Now, again, we're having a little mistake there by about two or three days. I'm mean, sorry, a week and a half. That creates that. Every time you do that, that you're against the market, there's a dip in what we do. If we are on the right track, that means market goes down and we're short, it's going to zoom. And that's how we have made most of our money. When the two diverge, we kill it. All we have to do now when we're together, that is buy, 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 we just can't lose much. That's, a, that's how market timing is. You're going to be in the market when the market is going up, but, you know, carefully, because that's tougher. Making tops are different. But on the V bottoms, we're the king. Admiral Tico calls it, and boom, we nail it. And <laughs> that's how it works. And the keys are indicators. The reason we have 400 customers, and some of them are, listen, one of the law, I have, a, I have a client that's a sovereign fund advisor. That means he doesn't even talk to hedge funds, they're too small. Ray Dale, I can't talk to him. One of his clients is Saudis. He got him said, there's a tech to get there. And that's how your ranking is. All right, Fari, Fari, before we let you go, I, I just want to get one more thought here. Uh, you, you said you've, you've also been observing the same sort of divergence in the, the arbitrate with, as Dennis has, right? Talk about that. Well, not myself. I said, a guy in Chicago has done that. I, okay. do it. I, I don't know that much. He got through that. 
the last one that was typing. Oh, he would do Russell. That's a tough game. He's yeah, the Russell. Russell's tougher. He did about 20 names that would give me on that short or long side and then cash. And, uh, and then uh, and you take the RTY. Now, the time for that to collapse. As well, and this is right on spot. When that thing comes together, when the edge goes, if the art goes away, it's about five, 10 minutes after the open. Yep. So at this time, you start taking your cash positions in. Get that set up. It's, and you know, and immediately short will go long you know, on, on the uh, index. Now, and you just got to watch when those two are going to come together, which way you got to go. Sometimes people go against you. I've sat there, come to Chicago for a meeting, sat there, just got there in the morning, have my coffee, quiet, sitting in the back, watching a couple of big guys are trading this thing. And because you need help. This is a 30, 20 to 30 names on cash. Not easy. Are you uh, sticking in your bunker? Or have you been making it out? I know you, you went down to your buddy's place. You've, uh, have you been sticking in your bunker or are you a little more comfortable so. going I mean, out? We, 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 well, pretty much so. I mean, you know, I got to take Tico out for walks. We do that. Everything's on Amazon. Um, I've got a, 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 a pharmacist. She's a friend. If I'm short on some PPEs, she gets it through. We got that part. They're essential. <laughs> so you know, this is America. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> Fari Hamzi is the founder <laughs> of Hamzi Analytics. Joins us periodically on the show. Fari, thanks for the time as always, and uh, stay safe. Thanks, Spencer. All right. Thanks, Fari. Say hi to Captain Tico. All right. Uh, I, I want to, uh, before I forget, Dennis, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this AMC, AMCX thing. I know you saw this yesterday. I know you must have seen this headline. Well, this I is, actually didn't see the headline, but I saw the movement in AMCX, and then I was so busy, I never got around to seeing what the reason was. This, so is, an all, this is an all-timer right here. So remember how we were saying, oh, this Amazon rumor that they're going to buy yeah. AMC is a gift, right? This is a gift. Yeah. Why would they buy a movie theater? It doesn't make sense. Well, yesterday, yeah. an M&A outlet, uh, CTF fan, they're, they're oh, my. Right. I, they, they reported that AMCX is looking for a buyer, and it makes a hell of a lot more sense that Amazon would buy a TV network because they have content than a movie theater. Well, David right? Faber said that on Faber CNBC said, too. Right. Faber said, Faber said it thing. that morning. He's like, right. I can't understand. And I was the same way. And the stock was trading seven bucks. And sometimes seven we get it right. Five. We got sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. We got that one dead right. It was trading seven thirty, and I was like, I would be selling the hell out of this thing. I said, I don't have the guts to short a stock that's on rumors, but if I owned it, I would be selling the hell out of it because I think it's a gift. And it literally came in that day from seven thirty down to five bucks, and now it is a five twelve, five eleven. Just silliness, this rumor. And now you're telling me the writer got it wrong. Well, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't actually corrected the article yet, which is weird. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe they just like mixed up the AMCs. Or... Well, you see that happen with retail traders sometimes. You'll see they'll ta start talking about AMC networks. I've seen this before. Like they'll come on CNBC and AMC networks. They mention it or whatever, and you'll see AMC start moving, and people think that AMC networks is AMC. So it is actually something that you know newbies would probably confuse but any seasoned trader or any writer for the daily mail well should have a pretty good mail. idea about the correct stock that they're talking about that's absurd well, and yeah. um if they really did misreport the daily mail misreported that oh no it was amc networks that loses all credibility well, well, see, they that's had the, any that's credibility the before they lost it all on well that's the thing is it's 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 just two rumors there's they're two unconfirmed what rumors that, that contradict each other but uh one of them makes a hell of a lot more sense than AMC the other networks, one i've said before 
I've yeah. said before that I thought AMC Networks. I was along it for a yeah, long time I was gonna, before I was ask if you still we've had it. the collapse. Oh, no, I sold, sold out a long time ago because I was sitting back in like 2017, 2018. Remember, I was talking yeah, about you, it. I was I like, you sold it around Content 60. is king. And, it, you know, AMC Networks has some content. But you know what? Content started to not become king. You started seeing what happened with Viacom. You started seeing the collapse in CBS and the collapse in a lot of, you know, a lot of these other stocks. Obviously, CBS is Viacom now. But back then, you could start seeing the media companies were completely out of favor. So you needed to get out of that trade. And I ended up selling my AMCX, and I never got back in, thank goodness. And you know what? At a certain point, maybe content comes back in the favor. But right now, debt is a problem for so many companies. I'm not buying anything. I think AMC Networks, last time I looked, does have a, a, a lot of debt. I mean, a lot of these media companies need to have debt to operate. Not saying every company that has debt is going to be in trouble, but we get into a credit crisis, which the banks are telling us might happen. Anything with debt, with a significant amount of debt, could be squeezed a little bit. And that's why I'm going to continue to say cash-rich companies will remain in favor. Companies with a lot of debt can remain out of favor, despite even fundamentals being okay. It's the main reason probably why AT&T can't catch a bit. Because you know what? It's got a 7.15% dividend. The majority of their businesses are probably not impacted. Some maybe even be helped by COVID. Yet the stock continues to get hit. And I think it's telling us something that people are nervous about companies with a large amount of debt. And you saw it yesterday come off and a lot of, you know, even some of the industrial names that are really, you know, have a lot of debt to operate. So there's problems here in this market. Don't kid yourself. And that's why I've been, I've been raising cash. But going back to, you know, the, the media companies, I'm not buying AMC Networks on a rumor here now. I liked it a couple of years ago. Could Amazon come in and buy something? Sure, maybe, but it's not their style. How many companies, they did Whole Foods. They did Whole Foods, yeah. Whole Foods was yeah. a really, the, and that was a shocker then, but it's not their style to just, oh, let's buy this and buy that. It hasn't been their style. So no. it's been more their style to adjust their business models to just put those other companies out of business. <laughs> interesting, so. uh, interesting antidote on um, AMCX. Well, first of all, when we were talking about it that day, I said to Spencer, I'm like, oh, Sympathy Plays. And he's like, no, no, that's more of a TV network. And he was cracked. But uh, someone uh, that's affiliated with um, uh, AMCX reached out to me a couple weeks ago. Uh, regarding uh, coming on and, um, you know, doing some financial content. And so I set up a discussion with them and uh, we started to talk about the logistics and everything. And uh, what it came down to is they basically wanted me to like set up a studio, uh, pay between five and $7,000 and produce like a five minute spot. And I'm like, okay, uh, that sounds like really efficient for me. And that was the end of the conversation. So I don't, I don't know. Wait, if wait so, somebody from AMC Networks? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They were uh, looking no for new content. And I'm okay. like, I'm like, you're going to spend, you want me to spend five to $7,000 to set up a, a studio, to set up a, a five minute clip for you. I'm like, I don't well, know they want why. you to pay. They want me to pay. Just to try to. Oh, there's companies like out there, and I don't know if it's AMC I'm like, Networks, yeah, right. There's a lot of companies out there that, hey, you want to get your stuff out there, they get it out there for you, but you pay to get it out there. So anybody can put a podcast yeah, like, together, and they can spread it and and market it for you, obviously, and get huh. it out there. But you pay for that. So that's a piece. I've always been of the opinion that I feel my opinion is valid, and I feel like. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm not like going to pay to get my opinion out there. If you like it, you can hear, hear for free. 
The guy was like, well, I'll send you an email with more details. I'm like, stocks yes, are coming down. Yeah. Save your ink. Yeah. Stocks are coming down. Rightfully so. I mean, you know, the stocks were trading up significantly this morning. Some of them have come off a long ways now. Um, and people were just excited this morning. They were maybe just too excited just buying everything. So anyways, you can see this morning, we are starting to leak here substantially on the SPY. So, and if you look at the banks, some of the banks which were trading up over 1% this morning have turned red. Apple has come down a little bit. We're still out. Don't kid yourself. This arbitrage is still out. Uh, but we are seeing some leakage in the stocks, not so much, you know, the gains in the SPY. So you're starting to see it come in a bit. Like Barry says, five minutes after the open, that all comes in. So just depending, you know, on the mechanics, you know, obviously you don't know any individual stock where it's going to be, but you know, the 500 are going to add up to the SPY. So we're leaking big time here. Profit taking out there once again. All right. Uh, let's uh, 8.37 here. Uh, we got the 2876.75 uh, weekly swing number I reached, uh, looked at uh, 77.50. Uh, nothing done there for me. I'm going to have to adjust my offer just a little bit. Uh, we're kind of... You know, earnings season kind of taking a little bit of a breather here, but uh, we did have some reports after the close, Spencer, one stock that had been running up, CyberArk. You want to talk about that? Report? Yeah, it was kind of the only report that, that I had my eye on after the close yesterday, and it is leaking here. Uh, their Q1 adjusted EPS actually beat the estimate. They get, they had a good report. Uh, they, they beat the estimate on their EPS, $0.50 cents versus $0.36. Cents. Sales also beat 106 versus $105 million. Uh, they did make a small acquisition of $70 million uh, for Adaptive. I never, don't know anything about that, but it's a small deal for them. Uh, I don't know if they gave any guidance. Let me check. Uh, they, they they could have if the stock is down the way it has, or maybe this it's just due to the run up. But uh, it's due to the run up. The, the earnings report was fine. And you know what? Money managers are looking at yesterday's candle and saying, "Oh, here, you know, if it pops up, I'm going to probably, you know, look, be looking to get out." It was up last night, even ahead of it. Um, one of my buddies sold it short just because he thought sentiment coming in as they pop this thing is probably going to give it back anyways. And if they decide they might actually hit it on good earnings. Well, he's right. He's getting rewarded there for it. I wish I would have, wish would have shorted ahead of the print too. I didn't have the guts to do it though. As I, I actually like the stock, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you're biased towards the company, maybe biases you in trading, which shouldn't do, but there, there was fine. The report was fine. Just, you know, it's profit taking across the board here. Now Cyberworks had a big run too. I'd be a buyer of cyber if it got under a hundred bucks. Maybe it gets interesting, but yeah, again, you know, the, the, the war, I, I think it's out. turned. So I'm not buying stocks right now. I think the overall market turned yesterday and I think rallies are to be sold right now. And you know what? This morning's rally is already getting sold. It is. Uh, uh, CyberArk uh, had a dip here off the nice run up into it and uh, actually made a new high for the move uh, yesterday, high for the rebound, but gave it back. So that was a little indication that uh, the street was a little nervous going into the report. Uh, you hit a high of the move at 117.41 and then you came down and you you matched the low from uh, the last two sessions, 109.74. So if you're looking for a bounce here, you get near 108.50, 109. I expect it to be stacked with offers. Uh, your pre-market low comes in at 101.73. Not easy to pick a uh, not easy to pick an area of support here. Uh, I'll just throw something out. You, Dennis, you mentioned the psychological hundred dollar level. I'd have to wait for maybe ninety seven fifty uh, if I wanted to try and uh, bring a short in. 
You got one low at 97.17, another one at 98. But just a lot of people still at 104, still sitting on profits on this one. So 100 would be a little bit early for me. Uh, Dennis, were you getting down dirty in the Grubhub Uber? Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that. No. Um, <laughs> and, and interesting enough, Uber gets a lift on this too. So Uber is going to buy Grubhub and it lifts as well. Um, well, well, they're trying to buy Grubhub. They yeah, but I mean, yeah. and they are, and there's something to this. So I get the Grubhub pop, but you know, usually the acquirer gets hit on this. And really, you know, people who are buying it saying, oh yeah, Uber's going to buy it. It's good for Uber too. Maybe there's some synergies, but I would bet if a deal gets officially announced that Uber goes down. So be cautious paying up for Uber because they're going to buy Grubhub because the natural arbitrage would tell you that, especially if it's a stock deal, that that is going to, you know, knock Uber down, not up. So I found it interesting that Uber rallied on that. The candle was awful yesterday for Lyft. I mean, I, I think I think Uber profits to be sold. I, I, I'm of the opinion that both of these companies are in ground zero for this. I think that the rally here, the yeah. rally here has been borderline insanity, in my opinion. I'm very bearish both of these stocks. With that being said, I'm not short them because I'm scared to short stocks because the Fed, you know, is below. I'm not owning these things. And if I was long these things and you bought this thing in the last month and you're sitting up 50% or 80% or 100%, I would ring the register. Again, I said this the other day when Lyft was at 30, it ran up to 33 after that. So it's down to 29.78 here now. I think rallies to be sold in Uber and Lyft. No opinion on Grub. I, I mean, Grub gets I bought. Mean, Grub gets bought. So it could. This, this to me, this deal reeks of desperado. I mean, these companies. On Uber's part or Grub? Because Grub's been okay. It's been okay, but I, I think Uber. I mean, also we look at these charts. We reiterate time and time again. What was the trend in these stocks before the COVID nineteen crisis? The trend was down. I for me, you know, I mean, I. I I don't know pay, if I would to, say that. You don't not think the trend was down at Grubhub? Well, Grubhub, yeah. The Grub, Grubhub, well, not really. We're in February. I don't know if I would say that. Well, I, I look at that. I look at the 150 high. Well, yeah, but that was just silliness. So, okay. you know, when we got up to 150, it was just, you know, oh, everything. That's just, you know, IPO madness. So I think it's come down. And, yeah, the overall trend's definitely down, Joel. But I don't see Grubhub the failing business. I don't. I just think it had a ridiculous valuation and it repriced. I mean, when I look at charts that are down, you know, and you look at the airlines and you think, okay, well, these are businesses that, you know, or you look at, you know, Hertz and Car. I, I think Uber and Lyft had good business models before this happened, but everything has changed. And I think Uber is actually very smart. I think it would be a smart purchase for Uber. I'm not saying, I don't think it's, I, I agree with you, the desperation aspect. I think it would be a smart purchase for Uber because they need to do something because their core business is going to suffer yeah. for a long time. So if we can get more into food delivery and really like we have the Uber It's expensive, Eats, can, Dennis. Like, it's expensive. It, I mean, they tack on, they tack on, you know, a decent amount of money. For, I don't think people care. Really? I, if, I, I don't think people care that much that it's expensive because they, I, I value, I don't mind paying a little bit extra right now to not go out in public. So there's a, a core people like me that would rather have your food brought to you as opposed to going to that restaurant to get it. It's so, expensive for two. It's expensive for the consumer. There's, a, there's fees, obviously, but it's also expensive for the restaurants because they take their cut out of the restaurants too. There was a, a bill 
that went viral a couple weeks ago is someone, some restaurant owner uh, posted their monthly bill from Grubhub and the amount, like the amount that came out of, of their, of their tail, that, that, that Grubhub took from them just was in, it was like, it was like 40%. It was like 40% of their sales like went to Grubhub. Like that's crazy. Grubhub takes their cut, right? All these services take their cut. So it's, it's really expensive for the restaurant owner as well as the, it's more so for the restaurant owner than it is for the consumer. Consumer pays what a couple bucks extra, uh, you know, whatever, $4, four or five bucks extra as a fee, but it's really expensive for the, the restaurants because the, these services take their cut out of the restaurants too. So, I don't know. Okay. All right. I think in well, Uber's current situation, just Joel, and then I'm going to let you do your technicals. Sure. I didn't want to go to the technicals. Yet, I, I don't even want to do technicals picture. on them. They're both worth zero. I don't want to do oh. technicals on them. <laughs> I don't think they're both worth zero. I, I, I really believe Uber and Lyft before COVID. I think Uber and Lyft will come back. They're worth something. I love the business. The business itself. It, it's actually a smart, you know, the Uber, you know, the whole thing is smart. It's just they, they're the victim of COVID. I'm just not going to pay a ridiculous valuation for a company that's burning cash in an environment that people are going to be scared to go in a stranger's car. So that's why the Grubhub purchase makes sense because, well, the food's not scared to go in the car. And maybe some people are scared to go out, so maybe they will order. So, I mean, you know, Uber Eats could expand quickly, you know, with the Grubhub. So that somewhat makes sense to me. I think Grubhub probably looks at it and says, we don't want to get paid in Uber shares because we don't trust, we think our business is better than your business right now. So when they're negotiating, they're probably looking at it and saying, we want cash. Well, Uber don't have cash. I got to pay in stock. So they're looking, we don't want Uber stock. We like Grubhub stock. That's probably why, you know, a, a deal like that could get rejected. But if Uber could get it with stock, I think they'd do the deal. And maybe they will, but it's going to take more stock than that. But I just look at Uber and Lyft and priced at where they are right now. And they're pricing in no crisis at all. If you're buying Uber and you're buying Lyft today, Grubhub aside, if you're buying Uber and you're buying Lyft today, you are saying that the crisis is over and we're all going to be back to normal within the next three months. That might happen. I don't think it's going to, and that's why I sell both these stocks. Let's get to some tickers from the chat here. Uh, here's one we haven't looked at for a while. Kroger. And I did not realize the spike and uh, dip that, that, that weird move in mid-March. Well, that was, I, oh, everybody's, the grocery stores, the lines are packed. Buy, buy grocery stores, buy grocery stores. And Kyle, <laughs> yeah, I know. What voice, I didn't realize that. What voice I, is that? I didn't that realize like, it. Is that gave, Fat that's Albert? That's my, like, ridiculous voice. <laughs> Who was that? Was that Fat Albert there? That was not. I'm going to sing a song for you. Okay. I <laughs> guess <laughs> uh, my point was I didn't realize they had given all of that move back, uh, although it's since come back a little ways so i bought I it remember i bought a 28 because it came back to trend it came back right to the support right. line and then i sold it a week and a half later at 32 i remember i talked about that trade on the thing and then i never rebought it i guess i should have rebought it 30 the 50 percent retracements would have worked pretty good in this case but this come up now i mean it i don't mind i like kroger i'd be a buyer in the low 30s it's kind of moved a little bit too far for me same reason i sold target i'd be a buyer again at target in the low hundreds it's just run too far so Kroger hasn't really run that much though. So I don't actually don't mind Kroger, but I, I just don't want to own. I, I'm lighting up. I'm lighting up on all stocks. I'm nervous. I'm nervous again. Maybe I'm wrong. No, Joe, do you have any technical thoughts on Kroger? Oh, on Kroger. I've been thinking about buying this one too. Uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, consolidating. Oh man. 
I don't know. I kind of wish I would have bought it on that. I, I mean, I like it. I, I mean, just my overall thesis, people are going to the grocery store more, going to be cooking at home more. So Warren owns it. I, I like it. I, I don't know if I'd want to own it here at 3370. Um, you're probably not going to get rich, you know, owning this thing. It's not going to double or triple, but what, what's it, what's the dividend on it? You can look real on, fast. On what stock? Kroger? Kroger. 1.9. It's pretty small. Yeah, not much. I mean, like I said, it, I'd, I'd rather own it at like 31 and a half, 32. Uh, but I like it. Long, strong, strong trend. Uh, was even having a good year before or uh, a good wait. trend since 2019. The trend is up. This is what I like. The trend is up going into COVID. You know, had a little fluctuations. It's trending higher. I like it on the and FYI, Kroger goes ex-dividend tomorrow. So... Uh, for those of you doing dividend capture, keep that on your radar. Uh, here's a question. This may be a little bit of a, t- of a, t- a tough one. I'm not sure you guys can answer it, but uh, someone in the pro chat asked us to look at the airlines, and they're wondering if the low-cost uh, original carriers or the legacy ones will have an edge coming out of this crisis. Or I- I'm wondering if there will be some consolidation among the yep, low-cost air- the, the airline, the low-cost airline space, right? So, or even the regional airlines, right? So, if you look at names like uh, Alaska or uh, who else is like uh, like Latin America or Hawaiian or uh, Ryanair. Uh, R Y A A Y is the ticker there. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know I if you guys try have... to do consolidation to cut costs. I think maybe there'd be some desperate deals trying to cut costs here. I think the whole industry is going to be in a lot of trouble. I I agree with the Boeing CEO. I don't think you're going to lose one major carrier. I think you're going to lose more than one. Um, I I think if not, there's going to be serious dilution here happening. The the lack of any type of a sustainable rally is a huge tell for me in all of these stocks and just logic. The planes are a mess. I mean, the Delta, you know, it's, it's, it's running it. at, you know, it's 7, 8% capacity, break even 65. You know how hard it's going to be to get those things back to 65% capacity? It's going to take a long time. And they're burning too much cash in the short term. I, I, I hate all the airlines. I hate them all. Yeah, I wouldn't touch. I, mean, uh, I, I feel it, bad for them, but I hate the stocks. Yeah, I've never been, uh, never had, much uh i don't think i've ever owned an airline in any of my portfolios well how many times has uao went bankrupt already seriously google that how many times has uao went bankrupt uao uh, bankruptcies it's more than once you think they can't do it again i feel like it's more than one 2002 they went bankrupt US. if you do, if you just google uh list of u.s airline bankruptcies there's like 20 or 30. Uh, U.S. Airlines went bankrupt. Uh, no, not let's see. U.S. Air. U.S. Airways. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that's then they what, reemerged as U.S. Airlines. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're looking at the list of bankruptcies. So uh, U.S. There are, Airlines. There, there are a lot of U.S. Airlines. Yeah, there's a lot of them in there. <laughs> I mean, this is wow. going to happen. I We were set up for like way worse environment than they probably ever had right now. So to come in here and just say, oh, 2003. yeah, the Fed's going to bail them out. 2002. Uh, they definitely went bankrupt. Well, I felt like it was more than once, but maybe I'm wrong. So they've adjusted their names so many times. But yeah. I, I cannot fathom their way out. I can't figure it out. Unless the only way out for all of these airlines is if we get a cure or a vaccine tomorrow. Cause, uh, and they're going to have to dilute the hell out of themselves otherwise. Warren sold for a reason. There's a lot of people who are in the hope trade saying these airlines are going to come back. You know they're going to come back. 
I'm sorry. I think you guys and girls who are in that trade are on the wrong side of the trade. I do not think these stocks are coming back. Uh, I will not be surprised if Delta Air is five bucks uh, six months from now. Or it, you know, it has I, that. Yeah. I think they might be out, but that not the nobody loaning money to UAL at eleven percent. That's a serious issue. You'll give you eleven percent. Nah, we'll take a pass on that one. You're in a zero percent environment. Somebody's offering you eleven percent, putting the planes as collateral, and they'll say, "Nah, we'll take a pass on that." That's a huge tell. I, I I think the airlines got a world of pain coming for them yet. Sorry, I know it's been really awful for long shareholders and the and the airlines. I think it gets worse. And on Norwegian reports after the close today, that should be uh, extremely interesting. We don't own those either. Again, if you've got to buy stocks. Buy tech stocks. Yep. That's why the tech's so hot. That's why the NASDAQ's at all-time highs. Because you know what? Apple ain't going bankrupt tomorrow. You know what? Uh, Microsoft probably isn't going bankrupt tomorrow. Amazon, probably thriving, actually. So... I mean, it's, it's the same trade. The money is flowing into these sectors for a reason because the other sectors are really, really ugly. Uh, RCL, RCL announced a proposed offering of $3.3 in senior secured notes this morning, uh, just an FYI. So, and also- They're at least, you know, CCL raised some cash, RCL or the other one, Norwegian, was a Norwegian that raised some cash. I mean, at least, you know, some people are loaning some money to them. But again, the stocks aren't lifting. So they're nothing more than call options at this point in time. You're buying some of these stocks. It's basically just a lottery ticket if they survive or not. Some of these I think, may not survive. I, I mean, I think too, um, and this with the whole thing with the Boeing, I mean, are they just going to keep the same planes and just not sell the same amount of seats if you want to do the social distancing thing? I mean, are there, I don't know, are they going to have to redesign planes or they're just going to have, I mean, it's going to be hard to get to 65% capacity when you're, you know, putting people every, every six feet. So, I mean, they're hoping that's only going to be temporary and they're okay. hoping they're going to get back I to hope business so too. as usual within six months. The, when the Boeing CEO says, how many years did he say before it's back to getting back to, he said a, a statement yesterday. This is coming from somebody who is very in tune with his industry. He sells these airlines, the planes. And he said yesterday in that interview, Years before they get back to where their revenues were in just 2019. How, how many years? He gave a number. I don't want to just throw out five years, but I thought he said five years. Do, you, do, do we know? Yeah, Does anybody I'm know? I'm pulling that it up watch right that? now because he said a few things. So let me just, and I don't when know. You have, exactly. you, when you have a CEO of a company saying this stuff about his biggest customers, it's telling you it's really, really, really bad. So... You know, there's going to be a lot of in, in businesses that thrive. We know Zoom and, you know, some of these COVID plays like Peloton. We've seen them thriving in this environment. But there are going to be some bankruptcies coming. The banks are telling you this. This is why the bank stocks do not rally, because they got some bad loans coming their way. There is going to be bankruptcies coming. Unless we get a cure tomorrow, unless we get a vaccine tomorrow, and we're all safe, there is bankruptcies coming for the banks bankruptcies coming in probably these industries that just cannot get a lift the airlines probably going to have some bankruptcies investing in these stocks is speculative capital now only and i will not be investing any of my speculative capital in any airline stock. speaking speaking of traveling or not uh royal caribbean says that 45 percent of guests have requested cash refunds for booked cruises so far so yeah it's real tough yeah 
it's not their fault, but it's really it's not their fault. I feel bad for all these companies. I really do. And yes, the government has you know a place where they have to help some of these companies out. But with that being said, it's going to need to be at deals that are advantageous for the U.S. taxpayer, where they can eventually get paid back. And even if they have to loan the money to save some of these airlines there is going to be some serious dilution. We gave the Band-Aid, and I was shocked at the Band-Aid that they did on the payrolls. The next deal probably isn't going to be a sweetheart deal, though. Unless we're just you know, going to print money and just continue to give it out to everyone. You know, everybody wins a car like Oprah Winfrey. Everybody gets cash. I mean, the Fed is trying to do that. They've been trying to do that. But at a certain point in time, they're going to be faced with so many businesses and so many bad situations that they're going to have to pick and choose to a certain extent. I don't think they can really, you know, just come in here and bail out every single airline. There's too many of them. Warren Buffett, sold. He's saying there's too many of them. There is too many airline carriers. There is going to be less flying in the future for the foreseeable future. Maybe five years from now, we're all back to normal. But I don't think a lot of these airlines can survive five years from now. So they're going to need help. And that is going to come either in the form of loans with serious dilution or potentially, um, you know, bankruptcies. And that doesn't mean that people think that something goes bankrupt. That just means, oh, that's the end of the company. It's gone forever. That's not the case. That's nope. not the case. Companies reorg. The companies usually survive. We saw General Motors and Ford go, or, or sorry, General Motors and Chrysler both go bankrupt in 2008. Most of the people kept their jobs. Yes, there was some concessions. Yes, some of the newer employees aren't making as much as they were in the future. But it doesn't mean that every single person loses their job. Bankruptcy is not always a bad thing. It's not good for the shareholders. But for the, as employees of the company, sometimes that gets them out from you know, this significant debt load because often the debt holders become the shareholders. So you know, sometimes the reorg, this is why we have you know, protocol. We have stuff for this. You know, when companies do fail, they fail every day. You know, it's just, you know, we just don't see major companies fail every day. But in this coming days, we may see some major failures. So we need to get out of our head that we can't allow any major company to fail. Hey, Dennis, wasn't Dennis I, I need to hop in here for one second. Yep. I, have, uh, I have a special announcement uh, for all of our listeners out there. What do you got? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I discussed this with you um, earlier. Uh, starting in two minutes, um, I was contacted by a company called Hot Mike. And uh, they're a company, they're a new uh, broadcasting company. And what the company does is they, uh, they reach out to broadcasters and they want the broadcasters to come on their network and comment on TV shows that are currently going on. And they're looking That's for fun. some financial content. And so they reached out to me. I did a test yesterday. So as soon as you leave here, I want you to go to Hot Mike. Dot io and use the code joel317 okay and you can sign up and follow and share me and what dot i'm going to be Mike doing dot hot Mike, yep dot io and the code is joel317 and what i'm going to be doing this should be interesting where I'm do i type that in so i'm at the site right now i'm at hotmike.io talent login uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure where to log in. I've never been on this site in my life, so I'm just looking because I'd like to hear yeah, you. Yeah, me too. neither. I'll I've have you on the back. Never been on the site. <laughs> well, you got to download the app. Oh, it's an I app. have to download the uh, app. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Download the app, and then yeah, Lisa did it this morning. So I got to hop. 
I got to get ready for that. Well, if we I have do, to hop too. We all because, have to hop the because ending. Jerome Powell is about to start speaking as well. So keep that on your radar here. Uh, could impact sentiment. Fire some bullets. Save yeah, the guys, market. And, and We're in markets in turmoil. We went down 500 points yesterday. And if I did not get any of your questions um, in this chat, like during the commercials on CNBC, I will address those. So <laughs> all right, we'll uh, see you guys in a little bit. Joel's, Joel's going to leave. We're all going to leave here, but let me wrap it up here. Thanks to yeah. everyone who listened. Thanks to Fari Hamzi. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Joel, Joel and I will be back at 340. Everyone have a great rest of your day and wherever you are, uh, be safe. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.